This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, about 90% of businesses in the United States are family-owned or controlled from small partnerships to major corporations. According to the Conway Center for Family Business, the average lifespan of a family-owned business is about 24 years. Roughly 40% of family-owned businesses bring in a second generation, about 13% are passed down to a third generation, and about 3% survive to a fourth generation or beyond. On today's show, we're going to get a peek into a local family-owned business that's in its third generation with our guest, Michael Wynn. He's chairman and president of Sunshine Ace Hardware, which was founded by his grandfather, Don Wynn, in Naples in the late 1950s. He's also co-founder of the Resnick Wynn Family Business Conference, which happens tomorrow at Florida Gulf Coast University. It will focus on how family businesses can successfully navigate the challenges they face in our modern economy and transition from generation to generation if that's their goal. Mr. Wynn is also the brand new chair of Florida Gulf Coast University's Board of Trustees. We spoke yesterday. Michael Wynn, welcome to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be with you. So you were born in Naples. I was. What year, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, 1972. 1972. What, what, what's your birthday? That's my birthday. Yeah, year. February 1st. Oh, February 22nd. Oh, okay. wonderful. Wow. See? So you've seen a lot of change in Naples then. A tremendous amount of change. Hmm. Um, and I'm one of those people, maybe a little Pollyannish, that despite my grumblings about traffic, I still think that uh, Naples and the region, for that matter, has really evolved for the better. Um, I think when you win best place to live, happiest, healthiest MSA in America, best beach, best retirement place, you know, on and on, um, there's there's reasons for that. So despite our growth, we're still willing, winning some incredible accolades and recognition for a beautiful area to live and work and play. I pulled some statistics, and I wasn't sure which year, so I grabbed them. 37,500 people in Collier County in 1970. It's amazing. 410,000 today. Amazing. Huh. Yeah, when my uh, great-grandparents uh, came here in 1938, uh, there's less than 1,000 people. Frankly, there's only 1,200, I think, in, in the mid-40s. Uh, uh, my uh, grandmother um, actually worked in the Everglades Laundry for Baron Gift Collier. So we used to do their laundry. Um, and um, she uh, met my grandfather coming uh, to a little uh, bay uh, inn and grocery store that uh, my great-grandparents uh, owned, where she met my grandfather after he'd returned from World War II. And the rest is history. That was kind of the first proper grocery store in Collier County, right? It was or one in, of the or er- Naples, right? One of the earliest. I can't say we were the first, but definitely one of the earliest. How long was it open? There's still winds around. Yeah, so is so, it st- a straight line from that one to the ones that are still here? So, uh, well, uh, not really. But basically, that um, that Bay Dock Hotel uh, that they uh, Peter Parley and Vita Wind bought in 1938. Um, they, my grandfather bought that from them when he returned with the $2,000 GI loan and then relocated in the mid forties to fifth Avenue. Um, and, uh, then in the early nineties, um, we redeveloped that property and trying to think exactly when we left fifth Avenue, but, um, there's, you know, kind of a, a longer, you know, kind of story in terms of how the, the grocery business has evolved. We sold it at one point, bought it back. 
bottom line is we have two locations uh, now that um, that we still get to uh, operate. And working at that grocery store was your first real job. Bag and groceries on Fifth Avenue. Hmm. Yes, sir. Before that, I read that you also, they, when you were little, they made you dress up as elves and clowns and Wonder Bread, whatever yeah, that means. No, well, <laughs> believe it or not, you know, I mean, you have all the different vendors that have their ways of promoting, right? So whether it was the Keebler elf costume or a, you know, a basically just a, a, a big, um, you know, kind of wire structure with, uh, you know, a, a cloth uh, overhang that looked like a thing of Wonder Bread uh, was uh, something that I would kind of, you know, don and uh, walk around handing out free samples. But uh, I loved that as a kid. It was fun being a part of the family business. Hmm. So what's the uh, Sunshine Ace Hardware origin story? Yeah, so 1958 uh, is the best we can estimate. And um, basically uh, that uh, was the original grocery store uh, location on Fifth Avenue that my grandfather had rented out to a Western Auto Parts store. Um, and uh, that gentleman fell on uh, some hard times. And so my grandfather let him out of his lease, took over the business. And the hardware store just kind of came from consumer and, you know, customer feedback that they wanted more and more hardware items. So that was you know, where Sunshine Hardware was born and on Fifth Avenue in the late 50s and the old grocery, the original grocery store on Fifth. Explain the connection between like Ace Hardware and Sunshine Ace Hardware. Is it like a franchise thing? Is it a brand yeah. thing? Are they not even connected? I'm not clear on how that sure, works. Sure, no, that's an interesting uh, question because it's actually a buying cooperative. <clears throat> so it was, you know, uh, you know, started uh, almost 100 years ago um, and just a group of um, – uh, entrepreneurs who wanted to be able to pool their resources to get better pricing. Um, and then we joined the cooperative in 1964. But most people think of it as a franchise. And as a result, you know, Ace um, has, you know, is rated as a top five uh, franchise and um, has done well. So you're chairman and president now. You've been that since 2005. Correct. You're third generation. Did you grow up um, knowing you were going to do this or, or did you see a different path but then wound up doing this? Yeah, so I would say that um, I always had a desire to be part of the family business simply because, you know, it was a way of being closer to my family. And I revered my grandparents and, um, you know, that was a way of, you know, being closer to them. Um, but like a lot of family businesses, they don't often make that uh, an easy choice and often try to basically convince you to do anything but hmm. uh, the family business. So uh, for years, I couldn't get a raise. And, uh, you know, the only way I made extra money was just working uh, lots of overtime and uh, even interviewed at some other uh, places just thinking, well, if I'm going to have a career, I want to have to have it outside the family business because, you know, these guys won't give me a break. Um, but <laughs> uh, but over time, you know, they, you know, uh, had a couple projects that I took on, uh, merging two servers and, you know, automating our accounting system and some things like that that nobody else really had any interest in. And uh, then it evolved and um, then they saw, you know, that, OK, this he's he's got a passion for it. Let's give them an opportunity. You stuck it out long enough that they gave you a shot. Exactly. What did you study in college? Did you study business? Uh, accounting. accounting. Accounting was my major. Hmm. And then you got a degree at FGCU as well. I did. I did. I wanted to go back and uh, get my, my master's. And one of the challenges at that time was that, you know, I was married with, uh, with kids and a full-time job. Uh, but the executive master's program allowed me to see my schedule two years out. And that allowed me to then properly plan and 
just, you know, put a lot of effort in. And so I wasn't a morning person uh, until I started my master's program. And I realized the only hours I could squeeze out of the day was getting up at four in the morning. <laughs> I could get four hours of work uh, in seven days a week before most people were uh, arriving to the office. And, you know, two years later, you know, uh, got my degree and been grateful ever since. And that was back in 2003 to 2005. So Correct. there wasn't probably distance learning like we think of no. it today. So you yeah, were we here. We met on campus. You were here yeah. when campus was, absolutely. was you know, AB1, AB2, and AB3, basically. Very early days, absolutely. Uh, so we've talked about how much Naples has grown. Um, how much has the sort of core model of what Sunshine Ace Hardware does changed over the years, if it has, because no, it's I, what, 66 years-ish? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's changed quite a bit, I would think, like any business, you know, that has had to span, you know, um, you know, multiple uh, generations. Um, so, you know, you know, our, you know, if you think about just wage inflation alone and what you have to do from an efficiency standpoint, increase productivity, um, you know, we've modernized in so many different uh, aspects. And we track about 45,000 unique items on average, you know, in our stores. Um, and so, you know, having technology, best practices, processes to be able to maintain, you know, high levels of accuracy and then dedicate the vast majority of our payroll to customer facing, um, you know, uh, hours uh, requires, you know, a lot of expertise to make sure that those back office functions run very smoothly, but don't consume a lot of resources. I read a, I don't know which article it was. I read some articles that you were about you or that you were talking in and you talked about your grandfather's 10 core like um, like values, values, beginning with yes. humility. Is that still embedded in what you guys do consciously? No, very much so. Actually, it's um, it's you know it's a I think it's an an important element for any family business, but uh, is uh, a key foundational element uh, for our company. We uh, we make sure that every associate that is hired um, is educated on those core values. We discipline <clears throat> to them. We praise. Uh, you know, uh, and recognize, you know, for those, the biggest awards of the year are given out for those that exemplify those core values. Um, and our, our most significant uh, uh, awards of the year are named after my grandparents. One is a humanitarian award after my grandmother, basically somebody who gives of themselves to the community and others, since that was one of her, you know, distinguishing characteristics. And then for my grandfather, anyone who embodies all 10 core values is eligible for the Don Wynn uh, award, which is the highest honor we can bestow. So, you know, again, you get the behaviors that you accept, tolerate, or praise in, in an organization. And so, you know, we are constantly, you know, talking, training, and um, recognizing those uh, daily, weekly in the organization. You have 13 stores now? 13, uh, with four more on the way. Uh, about how many employees now? Uh, a little, about 515. Uh, especially down in Naples, do you have any employees that have just been there for a really long time that, that kind of are part of the family now? Oh, absolutely. Um, I just uh, recognized two individuals for celebrating their 40th uh, anniversary with us, another one for celebrating their 30th, um, the longest serving associate uh, that we've had in our company's uh, history uh, was uh, a woman that worked for us until I think she was... 96 if I have the uh, the right uh, age, but uh, basically it was 66 years that she worked uh, for us, Evelyn Dickerson. And, um, you know, again, just hired by my grandfather and was kind of a mother to all of us growing up, but, um, you know, was, you know, there because of 
what the family represented and, again, what a lot of family businesses represent, which are those family values. What about on the flip side? Do you have any customers that have been coming there since they were kids and they're in their 60s now? Many, many. I would think, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, many that will tell me stories about, uh, you know, my grandparents that uh, I love to listen to. You talked about the technological changes that you've done to sort of streamline the company and make it efficient and work in a modern way. Um, what about like Amazon, you know, sure. Home Depot and Lowe's? I mean, those came along after you guys, no, I absolutely. think. I yeah, they they I came I, in the early 90s. Um, and, um, you know, they, you know, they <clears throat> forced us to really take a hard look at our business and make sure that, you know, we were offering – uh, you know, a uh, you know a good value proposition for consumers, as you know they now had uh, a lot of other uh, choices. Um, but fortunately, you know we've gotten you know very you know good at you know kind of finding our place amongst the uh, the big boxes. I think Amazon is a different animal. It's redefining convenience for all consumers. So I don't care what business that you're in, you're probably going to be in some level of competition with Amazon at one point or another uh, over the uh, the course of your business uh, you know uh, timeline. Um, but fortunately, you know we've also you know stepped up there to be able to offer buy online, pick up in store, curbside service, and using the brick and mortar, you know, as a competitive edge, um, since that is a disadvantage for uh, for Amazon and other online companies. And I think as anybody knows who's, who's had to, like, run to the hardware store for the third time that day because they need something, having a place, especially if you know the people there, is a big upside to compared to Amazon. I mean, Amazon's convenient. You can get and save a few bucks, but you can't just run up and talk to somebody that you know. No, I, I think that that's, you know, a, a distinguishing uh, element for, you know, any of our local family businesses is when you focus on human relationships and have a personal relationship with those customers, starts first having that with your associates and then, you know, um, prioritizing uh, your customers uh, after that. Um, it's something that, uh, frankly, we have too little of in our society today. So when people can experience that firsthand, it's it's very welcome. Um, do you think it's um, as possible or I guess my question is, is, you know, Sunshine Ace Hardware is a company that's been around for 60 plus years. Um, starting a business now, do you think that a business starting now is more or less likely to make it three generations? I don't know if that's something that you can even answer, but, you know. Well, I would say that I think there's a lot of volatility and uncertainty in today's world. And given some of the inflationary impact that we've seen over the last, you know, several years and the rapid uh, technological innovation, I would have to say that it is probably harder uh, to start um, some businesses uh, now. Um, if you think, though, about, you know, frankly, some of the opportunities that are available through, you know, digital apps and, you know, and other, you know, um, type, you know, types of services, then I would say that probably some businesses may offer, you know, some unique advantages to being able to start something up in your garage faster and easier than ever before. But uh, any capital-intensive business um, like ours, I think, is, is harder to start up just because if you time it wrong, you know, it can be very costly and, um, you know, challenging. And you guys, you know, you, your, your business model is, you know, selling people things that they need to improve their homes and help. And, and you live in a county that's grown from 16,000 to 400,000. So you kind of, that's a, you know, you benefited both from a great business model, but also, you know, the world that you lived around. It's, it's good and bad. What I'd like to remind people is that uh, when you have a, a fast-growing area, 
then it also invites a lot of competition. People see those growing rooftops and uh, brings in, you know, a lot of uh, new investment that you have to uh, to compete with. So um, I'll, I'll take the growth, don't get me wrong, but that certainly presents other unique challenges. Has any great big operation ever come in and tried to just take it off your hands? Uh, and, you know, I think that, you know, I think if you are running any good operation, you're always going to have, you know, you hope you have to brokers. say no to a bunch of exactly, people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we've, uh, you know, our, our plan is to, you know, be able to have uh, a long term investment for this community that we love and that we've grown up with. Um, and uh, we've got a lot of great people that work for us. And, you know, so far, we've had the opportunity to, you know, to kind of keep thinking long term and that's at least the plan as of today. The show that I did yesterday was a professor at FGCU who's, who focuses on AI and mm. talking about all the ways the world's going to change. And as so I was sitting here talking to you, I was thinking no matter how much AI changes the world, people are still going to have to buy like wrenches and stuff like that. So in some ways, you guys might be relatively safe in this changing world. I would say it always pays to be productively paranoid. So yeah. I'll <laughs> never use that uh, safe word uh, with respect to our uh, business or any of business frankly. Um, however, there are certain advantages, you know, to kind of, you know, being, um, you know, kind of in the service, you know, uh, business and, you know, kind of doing what we do, whether you own a restaurant or a grocery store or a hardware store, um, you know, it's a little bit more difficult, you know, for the technical uh, age to completely co-opt you. Uh, but, you know, I think AI will change uh, a lot um, when you can simply voice you know, your requests or needs or have AI predict those needs in terms of different commodity goods and they just show up at your door, you know, those are challenges that uh, we're going to have to answer. It's kind of an awkward question, but I think it'll make sense. Um, I'll use an example. I have a friend who does boat canvases and when a hurricane hits, that means he's like busier than he can possibly be for the next two or three years. Are incidences like hurricanes, you know, good for business in a weird way because people need yes. to rebuild? Yes and no. <laughs> so what I would say is that, uh, you know, they provide kind of a, a short, uh, immediate, you know, uh, burst of activity. But when you look at the the impact that it has on your team, impact on local workforce, uh, you know, property insurance costs, you know, you know housing – all of those things I've said many times for other people that ask that same question. I'd much rather make uh, money the old-fashioned way. And you'd also rather have certainty disaster. over a absolutely, long arc. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, again, it, you know, the more volatility we have, you know, from a, a climate standpoint, you know, the more, you know, challenging it, it gets, you know, to run and manage any business, even if you do benefit in the short term uh, from it. Uh, let's talk about tomorrow's conference here at FGCU, the 2024 Resnick Wynn Family Business Conference, the theme of leading family businesses through critical crossroads, which is what you're talking, we're talking to you about right now. Um, how long has this conference been happening? Uh, we started in 2022. Okay. So this is our third uh, annual and very excited to get another great lineup of uh, presenters. Who are the Resnicks? Yeah, so uh, John and Billy Resnick uh, are um, a, a couple who have, uh, you know, done a lot uh, in their area of expertise, which is, you know, mainly helping uh, families be able to kind of navigate um, their, you know, state uh, planning. Um, and um, uh, they approached uh, me back in, well, actually it was, uh, it was pre-COVID, um, about the idea that we did not have a regional family business conference here locally. And yet we had all of these robust family businesses that were facing, you know, all the challenges that you do, especially with uh, succession as baby boomers were looking to retire. 
And um, we started brainstorming what that might look like and how we could fill that need. Hmm. Uh, is it aimed at family-owned businesses, uh, not necessarily multi-generational yet, but just, you know, family-owned businesses? Is that sort of the who, who you hope comes to attend? Yeah, I'd say our, our target audience is family businesses with mm-hmm. two or more active generations. Okay. You know, if, if you're a family, you know, business, but, you know, you're the sole owner and you have no other family, you know, involved, well, then you don't have some of the, you know, complex relationships and things like that that you do when you have, you know, more than one generation working. And those are a lot of the different uh, issues that we focus on, you know, succession, uh, you know, planning, you know, governance, um, you know, leadership, you know, uh, succession, um, and, you know, you know, core values and culture that become more important as you have other family members, you know, coming into the business. So that would really be kind of our, our core target audiences two or more generations active in a family business. Your third generation, if you had to guess, or maybe you know exactly, how many people in your family have worked in your family-run business over, well, you know, the, that's, that's over a, the years? That's an interesting question. The easier question is to answer how many are working in it now. Uh, but uh, but over the years, you know, I'd say, you know, again, you know, probably, you know, close to, to 50 if you count all the different cousins, you know, cousins and, and nephews marriages and nieces. Exactly, and, yeah. exactly. Huh. You know, all of us would come and help, you know, at different times, even if it was on a part-time basis during the holidays. Um, yeah, that's one of the advantages of, you know, kind of, you know, uh, rounding up uh, labor in the family when you're in desperate uh, need. Uh, but right now, there's only two of us uh, that actually work, you know, despite the fact that collectively we have, you know, about 750 associates between all the different businesses. There's only two family members that still work in the family business. Who's the other one? Uh, that's my uh, cousin, Jeff Wynn, huh. who runs our real estate division. You have, I read, two daughters. That's right. Um, are they going to be Sunshine Ace Hardwareers? They are focusing <laughs> on psychology and behavioral health. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's similar to when I grew up that, you know, you're, all the family members are encouraged to pursue, you know, other, you know, uh, paths and other passions. Um, and most, even if they have an uh, interest in the family business, see how hard all the other generations worked and usually pass <laughs> and go into some other field. Does that mean it's not going to be a, a fourth generation? You know, uh, what I would say is... Is that have, the kind of thing you're going to advise about to, at the, at the well, conference? In, in all seriousness, we actually have a great panel uh, that's going to deal with leadership uh, succession um, and having, you know, three different business owners, um, you know, some with their third generation, one that's first generation, and really learning from what they decided to do with su- leadership succession uh, for their business. Um, some, you know, uh, one chose a family member, another person ch- chose you know, to sell, you know, to someone outside, others, professional management. So um, there are so many options and there's a lot of things to think about and, and you know, really kind of uh, ask before you go down that uh, that road. And that's exactly the kind of uh, lessons that we want to be able to impart so that hopefully more of those family businesses can stay either in the control or in the ownership uh, of family versus being bought out by outside interest, private equity, et cetera, which don't always have that long-term view or the community-mindedness and philanthropy, you know, mindset that most, you know, local family businesses do. And they'll reduce the number of opportunities for local people to walk in and talk to somebody they know. Absolutely. Is, it loses is, some of the human element, I right? value greatly in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've, we've been very blessed in this uh, region uh, with so many great family businesses and just a kind of a culture that kind of emanates from that. And, uh, you know, the more those family businesses close or, again, sell out, you know, to uh, outside, uh, you know, the area interests, it changes the community culture as well. 
All right. Well, that is all the time we have. But I want to thank my guest. Michael Wynn is chairman and president of Sunshine Ace Hardware, chair of Florida Gulf Coast University's Board of Trustees and co-founder of the Resnick Wynn Family Business Conference, which happens tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Cohen Student Union here at FGCU. Michael, thank you so much for your time. It's nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you. You can find links to details about tomorrow's conference on our website, wgcu.org gcl. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Bianca Massoni. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers, 90.1. WMKO, Marco Island, 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida. Thank you.